After a 43-40 win against Baylor, West Virginia will look to do something they have yet to do in the Neil Brown era, and that is beat Texas Tech. We preview that and talk more about West Virginia's 3-3 start in this episode of the Blue Gold Sports Podcast. What's up, everybody? Wesley Shoemaker, Aaron Parker, coming with you today with another episode of the Blue Gold Sports Podcast. Mountaineers got that much-needed win last Thursday against Baylor. You could call this a mini-bye. They get a couple extra days here to prepare for Texas Tech, who was on a bye week coming into this game. Have not They have not played since October 8th. Mountaineers will look to do something they have not done since 2018 under Dana Holgerson, and that is beat the Red Raiders. Mountaineers have lost three straight. Um, I mean, you could say it's been Neil Brown's kryptonite, which is funny to say as Neil Brown uh, formerly worked at Texas Tech. Graham Harrell returns home as well. So a lot of storylines there, but we'll start here. Um, Texas Tech, they are going to throw the ball, and they're going to throw the ball like crazy. And West Virginia struggles to stop the pass. And I think that is... Problem one, and I think that is problem one through five before you really get into anything else um, as far as number of plays goes, as far as anything goes. But the problem is that Texas Tech is second in the country in passing yards per game, and they go for something like 365 passing yards per game, I believe. It's an absurd number. Texas Tech has played a really tough schedule. They've Five out of their six games have become against ranked opponents. Um, and what's worse for West Virginia is that they they have some serious injury concerns on the defensive side of the ball, which we will get into later. So, Aaron, I'll start with you here. Just kind of your biggest um, two things. One, what West Virginia has to do to beat Texas Tech this week and what you think will be West Virginia's biggest challenge when facing the Red Raiders. I think what West Virginia needs to do, I think um, Neil Brown came out and said it. He's like, you know, this we're not going to pitch a shutout, and that's pretty obvious. You know, the the defense, um, you know, they, they made some big plays against Baylor, but, you know, giving up points when we're talking about that, they've struggled. And Texas Tech loves to drop back and throw the football. Um, that's historically what they're known for. Um, they're down to their, you know, third quarterback, and yet that third quarterback, who's a freshman, came in and threw the ball 63 times against Oklahoma State. That to me is just kind of baffling. Like your third string quarterback going into the season, you're comfortable letting him throw 63 times and run the ball 15 times against Oklahoma State. So um, I think WVU, what they're going to need to do is win another game like Baylor. Uh, two straight weeks of, you know, you got to, you got to match the, you got to match the points. And, um, you know, the defense has to get off the field a couple of times, but assuming they give up upper 30s or into the 40s again, um, the offense has to be, um, you know, pound for pound with the Red Raider offense. And, you know, they're, they got to um, minimize their mistakes because I think uh, the offense will have to compensate for the defense a couple of times, and that's how they got to beat Texas Tech. Yeah, for me, it all starts with execution down near the red zone. Texas Tech on the year, 26 touchdowns, which is the third fewest in the Big 12. So that whole bend don't break thing we kind of felt in the last few possessions of Baylor um, where the defense, yeah, they gave up yards, but once they got down into West Virginia territory – Three or less, three or less, three or less. So I think that's going to be the biggest challenge for me if I'm West Virginia is holding Texas Tech 
to fewer than six on possessions. Because if you can if you can get three possessions where they get three points instead of twenty one points, well, that's that's almost two touchdowns right there. So things like that, little things within the game where you have to be able to take advantage of where Texas Tech has struggled, and that is scoring touchdowns. Um, the biggest thing I think West Virginia like has to do, and I think like I think they just have to have JT Daniels keep the ball in West Virginia's hands. And that is because Texas Tech will run a bajillion plays. Texas Tech is averaging something like 96 plays per game, which is 10 more than the second most in the country. They ran 108 plays against Oklahoma State, which is absolutely absurd when you're on the road against a top 10 team. So you said it, their third string quarterback um, threw the ball 62 times against Oklahoma State. So you've got to keep the ball out of their hands. You've got to be able to run the ball. And truth be told, Texas Tech, does not stop the run well. They have the second worst rushing defense in the Big 12, 146 yards per game given up on the ground. West Virginia should have CJ back. They're going to have Tony Mathers. They're going to have Justin Johnson. So for me, the biggest thing West Virginia has to do is keep the ball out of Texas Tech's hands. That starts with taking care of the football, being smart with the clock. Two things you have with JT Daniels, but you also have to be able to run the ball effectively and be smart overall with your game plan and clock management. Yeah, I agree with you. And what you said, I mean, Texas Tech, you know, they don't have a great run uh, stopping defense and they've never really, you know, they're not really known for their defense historically. And I think that speaks true to uh, to this year's team too. Um, so yeah, you don't want to, I don't know. I, I feel like the defense will struggle on West Virginia's side. So you don't want to take the air out of the ball, um, especially for, for the West Virginia offense. You want to keep, um, you know, the clock, uh, you know, in your favor, um, snaps in your favor and all that. Um, but in a different way than like what Neil Brown has done in the past, I think like a pick game from this year, um, at Oklahoma last year, I think we, um, you know, the WVU team really, um, had control of the clock, but I think it was really trying to take the air out of the ball, maybe not against Pitt, but against Oklahoma last year. Um, and it ended up kind of blowing up in their face. So I think you just got to go pound for pound for pound with them. Um, and you got to establish the run early because, um, you know, you got two consistent running backs as of right now and Justin Johnson and Tony Mathis. And then if you add C.J. Johnson back to the, that rotation, um, you know, that should be a, a pretty lethal um, combination for the Red Raiders to face. So um, no little mistakes, no fumble in the ball um, like Mathis did against Virginia Tech. And, um, you know, I think it'll come down to the little things. The last time WB played at Texas Tech in the pandemic year, it came down to I mean, there's multiple plays that happened, but I think it really came down to one play where. Um, Sam James caught it, caught a screen, and somebody just took the ball from him and took it back to the house. Um, so just little things like that against Baylor, I think I think the little things um, came up big for West Virginia, including that that um, blocked extra point by Dante Stills. I think that was one of the big differences in the game. So whichever team, um, you know, you know, gets those uh, little errors, I think might lose the game towards the end. Couple things I'll mention before I kind of add on to what you said a couple facts here first last three meetings between these teams West Virginia is 0-3 2019 in Morgantown Red Raiders won 38-17 2020 as you just mentioned 34-27 win for Texas Tech in Lubbock then last year obviously the Mountaineers were down big tidied up in the third but just couldn't get it done at home 23-20 loss um it felt like a laundry list of injuries that Neil Brown talked about um first and foremost Michael Laughlin done for the year you really do feel for that guy. It is his third ACL, I believe, on the same knee. And, I mean, 
it's hard enough to come back once. It's hard enough to come back twice. I hope he comes back a third time. I'm not sure if he will. I don't think anyone is. I can't imagine having three year-long injuries happen on the same leg three different times. And as Neil Brown said, he was playing well. So that's the biggest one. Uh, just going down the list here from what Neil said earlier in the week, uh, cornerback situation. Three cornerbacks that could play this week. Start off, Wesley McCormick. He exited in the first quarter, I believe it was, against Baylor. He's questionable. Um, according to Neil Brown, Charles Woods, he has not played since Pitt, had the broken ankle, had the surgery. Neil Brown said he is hopeful. That is a quote, quote, hopeful. Uh, he plays. I personally don't think Charles Woods plays. I think they're going to keep airing on the side of caution and he will be bumped back. But I do expect him to play sometime this month, whether it is this week or next week against TCU. Rashad Ajayi also exited against Baylor. Um, he, he should be good to go. Neil Brown said, quote, you should expect him to play uh running back room cj donaldson a little bit we learned some more details uh cj donaldson could have returned a little sooner neil brown said there was no reason to risk it he said it really was a scary scene down there in austin he has not practiced with the team until this week until yesterday on tuesday um he i if, if, if i had to guess cj donaldson's playing this saturday uh jordan white should be good to go on the offensive line and then sean martin neil brown does not know yet as of that was yesterday on tuesday uh, said they're going to run through practice with him, see how he does. So probably a true question mark there with him. So that's my couple things. Um, but yeah, to what you're saying, West Virginia's got to take care of the ball. They did that against Baylor, and they also didn't shoot themselves in the foot like they have in the past. And I think you see that with the penalties. Obviously, there was that one goal line penalty. Um, like, you just can't have that, especially on the road, especially in that environment. But for me, it's going to be whoever starts fast. Um, just kind of doing some research on these teams. West Virginia and Texas Tech are tied at 74th in the country in scoring offense in the first quarter. Both teams are averaging 4.8 points per quarter in the first quarter. So Dante Stills was asked this week, what's what's it going to take to beat these guys? Because he's done it. Um, obviously, he went down there and he was on the 2018 team that beat them. So, um He's done it. He said you got to start fast. And so I think that's the biggest thing is whichever team kind of starts the fastest will get it done. And if you're West Virginia, you've had some slow starts. You've had some fast starts. Last week against Baylor was a great start, three and out um, on defense. And then you came down and scored six. So if you get something like that going, I think that's a good sign moving forward. Agreed. And and the starts against Texas Tech over the last couple of years. I mean, um, I was at that 2019 game at home. Um, that one was pretty embarrassing. That game was pretty much over from the start. Uh, last year was not good. Homecoming, striped the stadium and fell behind early and had to um, had to compensate, and it just wasn't enough weight. So uh, getting getting a, a fast start against the Red Raiders is is all important. But I think it's just it's just kind of weird, you know. Um, this has been what you said, you know, the kryptonite for Neil Brown, and um, he was zero three against Matt Wells uh, at Texas Tech, and and Matt Wells got fired halfway through the season last year. I'm pretty sure Matt Wells only won like six or seven Big 12 games, and three of those came up against the Mountaineers. Um, so, obviously, I think the coaching staff and Neil Brown need to make adjustments. Obviously, it's a very different team this year. Um, but, you know, I think they have a good coach in, in Joey McGuire over there. Um, you know, very, very good track record at the high school level in Texas and, um, you know, spent a couple years at Baylor. So, I think he knows what he's doing. Um, and I think, I think Neil Brown is going to have to step up his game a little bit because uh, he needs to get this monkey off of his back. Yeah, and I think that the biggest thing for me is how will this defense play? Because against Baylor, they 
they, were, they gave up 650 yards of offense, which is just like that brings sorry, not 650. That's uh, a different number. 590 yards of offense against Baylor, and that's just crazy to me how you can give up that many yards of offense and still win the game because they also did put up 500 themselves. Um, Texas Tech, one thing they do do is turn the ball over, especially through the air. Texas Tech, 10 interceptions on the year. And if you're West Virginia, Joe McGuire kind of talked about it, put it like this when he was talking about West Virginia this week. He said, usually when you get a couple interceptions, they got one last week. Um, they start to come in bunches, and so hopefully, if you're West Virginia, they they start to they start to stack onto each other because you have not really turned opponents over, with the exception of last week against Baylor. And truth be told, one of them was a block PAT, and another one of them was more of the quarterback kind of just not having the best play. Um, and another one was the quarterback could have just gone down with the sack, and he decided to throw it up right to Arby Burke. So mm-hmm. obviously. They got the interception, and so that's what matters, and we'll take that and we'll take the result. But what I'm saying is the opportunity will be there because Texas Tech ranks second in the country in passing offense, but they rank like 81st in the country in passing efficiency. So there's going to be opportunities. They're going to, there's going to be bad throws because when you throw the ball 50, 60, 65 times a game, not all 60 throws are going to be perfect. And so when they are not perfect, that's when you have to take advantage. And I – think West Virginia knows that and I think that's the important thing of not letting the statistic of yards get to you but the statistic of like touchdowns and points allowed and turnovers be the driving force of that defense yeah the Mountaineers are gonna have to have to make some plays uh, like you said against Baylor I mean um, you know the, the scoop and score by Jazir Cox while it was a good play on Cox's end you know the quarterback just kind of dropped the ball um, you know, the interception late to Burks was, you know, somebody was getting uh, pressure on the quarterback and he just kind of threw it up. So um, you make a point, a good point. They're going to have to go out there and make plays, um, especially in a high scoring game. You know, you, you got to turn them over. And obviously the Mountaineers have kind of struggled with that. Um, yeah, they didn't get anything going against Pitt as far as turning the ball over. I don't think much against Towson um, and uh, definitely not against Texas. So they're going to have to bring um, bring the pressure to, to Texas Tech. Um, they're going to have to get pressure to the quarterback to affect his throws, uh, whoever he is, you know, Baron Morton or Donovan Smith, e- either one of them is capable, you know, taking, taking snaps behind center and they're comfortable dropping back and throwing the football. So um, they're going to have to make the play. Um, I think they did that when it comes to the block PAT, but like, that's something you don't see a whole lot. Usually. And that's also like, that's a play that's if, if it got points, but if yeah. it didn't get points, it's not a play that changes the game because it's not like you steal a possession from the block PAT. No, you're right. You you bring up a good point, and that's just something you don't see a whole lot. And when you're talking about turnovers, you're usually thinking about um, maybe a game-winning interception when you're up three or six or, or seven late. And, and that's that's what I want to see from this defense is, is somebody step up and make a play. But um, I, I do have my concerns with Wilson Lamp being out for the first half with the targeting call. Charles Woods, even if he plays, Neil Brown said it'll be a very limited role. And like you said, you don't think he'll play, which I tend to agree with you on that. Um, you know, there, there's not a ton of depth right, right there, but I'm looking for somebody like Rashad Ajayi or maybe Jacoby Spells to step up and make a play. Jacoby Spells made the play against Virginia Tech, uh, pick six against Grant Well, So, you know, he can do it, um, but he's going to have to do it against a better opponent, and it's on the road. So you're going to have to really 
uh, bring the pressure to them. This also may be a game where instead of having to rely on JT Daniels, like you have so much this year, you tend to rely on your running backs. Like against Baylor, JT Daniels threw the ball 37 times. And it might be a game where if you're trying to play keep away in a sense that you have JT Daniels throw the ball under 25 times to keep, keep the clock running, keep the chains moving. You don't have, to, you don't have to have those chunk plays. You grind it out for four or five, six yards here. Sure, the chunk plays are great, and sure, those explosive plays are nice, but when your defense then has to go back out, it's it's not like there's got to be part of you that realizes the other team will tire your defense out if your defense doesn't get off the field. So you have to be smart with the ball on offense, but you have to also have to be a smart kind of aggressive, and I'm I'm curious to see how they kind of – draw that line and like balance that because I'm pretty sure in the back of their heads, they're going to think, okay, we have to be smart. So our defense doesn't get killed in the third and fourth Mm -hmm. quarter, but also at the same time, we can't play scared and we can't think about that where we're limiting our offense. So there's a line to be drawn there. I'm not sure how they do it. Do I think they do kind of some sort of thing like that? Yes. Would I be surprised if they ran the ball 45 times no because they should have the complimentary of all three backs uh so expect if if you're if you're if i'm putting anything on this game i expect west virginia to run the ball like crazy yeah i I agree with that and i'd like to see a healthy balance of both obviously you always want to see a balanced offense but um you know texas tech isn't isn't that good against the run and in a game where you're probably gonna um, have some tired secondary, some t- tired defenders um, that are giving up points. You're going to need to run the ball. And I think the Mountaineers will do that. Um, I wonder if it'll be like, I wonder what kind of offense they'll have, obviously, against like Virginia Tech. Um, a lot of running there. Um, JT Daniels made some throws, you know, found Sam James once over the middle for a touchdown, uh, found Kane Prather a good bit. But honestly, there's a lot of a big dose of Justin Johnson and CJ Donson just kind of. Um, you know, running it, finding finding the gaps, and they did a good job of that, and they established dominance that way. Um, but in a, in a kind of true Big Twelve type game, you're going to have to utilize JT Daniels and and Bryce Ford Wheaton, and Ford Wheaton has a kind of caught a touchdown in a couple games. So um, I think you're going to have to go to the air, like it or not. And um, so I think they're going to need to utilize that. Caden Prather caught 100 100 yards last week, um, so they're going they're going to utilize those guys. But I'd like to see a balanced offense that can you know keep the, the defense on their toes for Texas Tech. And I think also to the, your point there of Bryce Ford Weed not having a touchdown, like Caden Prather's emergence as a true sophomore is just drawing all the more attention back to KP. So you can only do so much to keep both of them down. I don't think – like I think the best way to beat West Virginia is to make them one-dimensional and run the ball. Do I think Texas Tech can do that? No, because I think West Virginia can run the ball successfully against Texas Tech because Texas Tech – Tech's run defense is poor. So West Virginia needs to utilize KP and Bryce because they can't, you can't keep them both down. One of them's going to get going. And once one of them, and if once one of them gets in a zone, like you could have two guys on him and he still might go make a catch. Either one of them, they're both that talented. So for me, it's more of a matter of finding out what works and sticking with it. And I think against Baylor, you saw what worked. It was a lot of more downfield passing and outside runs. And, excuse me, and there's been times, not saying it has been this year specifically, but there's been times where 
teams don't stick with what's working. And if West Virginia wants to win, they have to stick with what's working for them. I want to talk about Texas Tech, um, their season. They come into this game having lost two straight. Um, low season recap, Murray State week one rolled them. Then a double overtime win at home versus then number 25 Houston. Uh, loss on the road to number 16 NC State. Uh, overtime win at home versus then 22 Texas, and then a loss at Kansas State, ranked 25th, and then a loss at then number seven Oklahoma State. So they've played really good teams and they've put up significant points. So, as you said way back in the beginning of this thing, don't expect West Virginia to hold back and stop these guys on defense. They're going to score. It's just a matter of if you can score more. And truth be told, their defense hasn't been that great either. 16 points against NC State. All right, NC State isn't that good of a offensive team. They are built on that defense, I'd say. And everyone else has scored 30-plus 30 30 against them. We're about 30 points. So there's opportunity there. I think this game gets up into the upper 30s, lower 40s. So I just – I'm not sure – Like I'm just not sure that West Virginia's defense is capable of stopping – a team that can pass the ball 65 times. Yeah, I'm not really confident in it either, especially, you know, given Texas Tech's track record against good opponents this year through six games. Um, you know, and not to be redundant because you brought it up at, at the beginning of the podcast, but I think it really, really does matter about how the, just how the Mountaineers start. Obviously, with both teams, it matters, but really for WV, I mean, you look at that Texas game. We previewed that game, and no, we didn't expect to beat Texas, but we thought it would be a pretty high-scoring game and come down to a possession or two. And WV goes out there and they kind of lay an egg in the beginning. And then, boom, they're down 28 nothing. Um, and that Texas team lost to Texas Tech in Lubbock. So, you know, um, the Mountaineers offense, I think that's from an offensive perspective. I mean, I think they're, I think Texas Tech is going to come out and they're going to score a couple touchdowns early. You know, I do think that's going to happen. So, um, no three and outs early for the WV offense. Um, no early mistakes because there's a lot of those against Texas. I think that's really going to be, um, you know, a key point to just kind of get into that, you know, dogfight type of um, shootout game that we're kind of previewing. But um, if they fall down a couple scores early, you know, that shootout game might not even happen. I mean, in fairness, though, West Virginia also did fall down two scores early against Baylor. They were down 17 7. Um, and then, if not for that fumble scoop and score for six, they're probably looking down the a 24 to 10 deficit mm -hmm. uh, in that second quarter. So that's two games in a row there. If you're West Virginia, that teams have gotten out to fast starts against you. And even though you scored first against Baylor, it doesn't matter if you can't continue to score. And so the margin of error for West Virginia this year has been so slim with, especially with the way their defense is playing, that their offense has to almost be perfect. Yeah. And at some point, that's going to bite you in the butt. And I don't know if it's this week because I just don't – like you don't know what's going to show up and you don't know who's going to show up. And I think that's been the biggest problem with this defense is that inconsistency of is the defensive line going to show up like they did against Pitt? And are you going to have the JT Daniels that showed up in the first quarter uh, against – who was it? Um, against Virginia Tech, or are you going to have the JT Daniels that last week and in weeks prior has gone down and just put the ball wherever he's wanted it? So 
that margin of error is so thin. And with these good teams that you have in the Big 12, like it's hard to win anyway. And when you're trying to draw possessions and steal possessions and kind of you're just reaching in some places, it gets that much harder in my opinion. Yeah, and you're right. And there's so much pressure, like you said, on this offense. Um, you know, JT Daniels did struggle a little bit in the first half against Virginia Tech, but he's he's one of he's probably the guy that I trust the most to be consistent. I mean, he's been there, he's done that uh multiple schools and he's fell down by you know before and he's come back and you know he, he's proven he can do that and stay poised and calm. Um, but against Texas, when you're kind of your back's on the wall really early, probably earlier than what you thought. Um, you look at plays where like, you know, third down. JT Daniels scram- like kind of rolls out. He could scramble for a first down, but throws it to O'Offlin. O'Offlin drops it, and then there's more drops, and then more drops. And so, like, there is such a small margin for error because the defense has given up so much, so many points. And yes, they made some plays against Baylor, but like that kind of that Jazir Cox play, I don't think that play happens in Lubbock. Um, I really don't. Um, so, you know, with the defense, there's, giving- there's there's a difference for me between the defense making a play happen and a play happening that the defense yeah. then makes. And I think multiple times this team and this defense have gotten plays made in a sense because the other team kind of did it for them through their mistakes. So you can't rely on a team making mistakes in order for you to succeed. At some point, you're going to have to go and succeed yourself. And I think this defense can do it, especially when you have a team that wants to throw the ball that much because then they are going to mess up. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're Tom Brady. You can't throw the ball 62 times and expect to succeed on every single one of those passes. At some point, there is going to be a chance and you're going to have to then go make that play. You can't expect all these offenses to give you dropped dropped balls by the quarterback to have the wide receiver drop a ball like they did against Pitt. Like at some point you're going to have to go out and make a play and not have the offense make it for you. Yeah. And and it's just, it's hard for me. Maybe I'm being a little glass half empty. I'm not trying to be, but I just haven't seen much of that this year. Like you said, Pitt, their turnover, they really just put the ball on the ground. Baylor put the ball on the ground. Um, The only one you can really bring up to me is that Jacoby spells. He kind of jumped the route, but i personally think Grant Wells is not a good quarterback so against a team like Texas Tech you, they are going to have to make a play and it's just you're right that you know there's going to be mistakes uh, especially when you air it out that much um, but this defense hasn't proved to me that they can really step up and jump the route and and make the play for themselves rather than you know capitalizing on something that the offense uh, a mistake the offense makes but they have that chance we're only six games through the season this is you know the halfway point and you're about to play in a tough environment, kind of hostile environment against a team that really airs it out. It's going to be windy. Um, and like you said, they've made mistakes. They've thrown 10 picks. So you got to step up and be that team that continues to force picks because um, that's not going to be a good look if a team that th- that's thrown 10 picks through six games is thrown all over you and they can't even turn the ball over. Yeah, I also think to that point, though, like Jordan Leslie has confidence that at some point these young guys are going to figure it out because they do have talent. It's just a matter of them figuring it out. He said there has been some improvement, especially with in-game drive-to-drive, play-to-play adjustments that he just hasn't seen. Will there be as many play-to-play adjustments because of the tempo Texas Tech runs? No. But when you start going drive-to-drive, quarter-to-quarter, that's where I expect some adjustments to be made, and that's where I think 
being seven this being game seven rather than this being game two really makes a big difference for that defense. Yeah, and you know where it's where it's game seven, it's a road game. Uh, it's against a team that that's had your number the last over the last few years. Yeah, I'm gonna need some to see some adjustments because it's gonna be a game where you know you're gonna give up points, but just because you give up points doesn't mean you know you're out there losing. And that Baylor game really proved that. You know they that defense bent and they gave up yards, but like you said, they didn't break. So you know adjustments are are gonna be needed. Uh, you know personnel adjustments are gonna are gonna be needed, especially with you know Wilson Lamp not coming into the second half. Um, I'm sure there's going to be a guy, maybe two guys that, you know, when put on an island against Texas Tech, they're really going to struggle. So if they're struggling the entire game, you know, I'm going to want to see some personnel adjustments. But, you know, obviously when you look at the depth, it might not be there at this point. So I'm going to need to see something. But Leslie and, and Brown, you know, they're they're very confident in the defense. So maybe they see something we don't. For me, the most telling stat is that there are, what, 130 FBS teams? West Virginia is in the bottom 15 in plays in yards per play allowed on defense. They are allowing 6.4 yards per play, which is only that a bit, a big number. Only that, right? Um, anything else before we get into picks this week? Uh, no, I'm gonna need to do better on picks this week. Yeah, uh, you went one and four. I went a cool three and two. And I think for the first time this year, I'm beating you overall I, head to head. You, I think you are four games on the slate this week. Um, couple big 12 ones we'll start here kansas state at tcu man tcu looks looks like the best team in the big 12 and they look like they could be headed to a college football playoff berth um tcu at home they still have a lot to play for but so does kansas state but i'm going to take tcu um let's go let's go kansas state let's let's play devil's advocate i don't know why uh, i said last week that I, I didn't believe max duggan would take him to the promised land and they turn around and win another game um, so maybe I should shut up, but I'm going to go do spawn in Kansas state, uh, Texas, Oklahoma state in Stillwater, obviously Oklahoma state just lost to TCU and what was a pretty ugly loss. I think, um, if this game was in Austin, I'm going to, I would pick Texas. I think, uh, Oklahoma state though, they've got to have this Texas. I do think is a top three team in this league, but I do think Oklahoma state wins this week. Yeah, I kind of tend to agree with you on that. I mean, I really want to pick Texas just because of what I've watched here lately. Quinn Ewers, and I like the Sarkeesian offense right about now, but um, it's hard for me to pick against Mike Gundy and the Cowboys, especially in Stillwater where the fans are going to be beating on the on the mats the whole time. I'm going to go to Oklahoma State. Let's now turn our last non-West Virginia pick. little Pac-12 action for you. Oregon-UCLA, it's in Autzen, in um, Eugene there up in the northwest uh truth be told i just i'm a i'm an oregon guy so uh family there i'm gonna pick the ducks they're at home they're gonna get it done yeah i'm not gonna lie to you i haven't watched much pac 12 football this year i'm, I'm not the biggest bo nicks guy but um i'm not a i'm not a huge believer in ucla so i'll go oregon it's an odds and I'll, I'll, I'll go just for that reason and then finally our game here um, I'll go first here. I'll give a little pick and then a little reason why. Ultimately, I think this game will come down to how long West Virginia holds the ball away from Texas Tech. 
And then how efficient is West Virginia on offense? Is it going to be the West Virginia we saw on offense on the road against Texas? Or is it going to be the West Virginia we've seen against Kansas, against Baylor, where they've kind of had their way at times in that game? I think West Virginia puts up points, but I just don't know where your stops are going to come from because, like, this defense, this secondary is in rough shape. And until they prove otherwise, I just have to go with – what I've seen, and that is not great football. So I'm going to take Texas Tech. They won in a, a close one, and I just don't – I mean, Neil Brown's due, and everything points to West Virginia winning this game and having the opportunity and the chance to win this game, but I I just don't believe in the secondary enough yet to get enough stops. And so I'm going to take Texas Tech. Texas Tech 40 mm, – Texas Tech 45, West Virginia – 41. Yeah, you know, I hate to sound so harsh on the secondary, but like I, I I'm with you. I just I, I don't I don't believe in them as far as you know getting that stop, getting that you know set of stops. Um I think it's gonna be a close game. You know, I think it's gonna I think a big a big point, like I said, is gonna be how fast the Mountaineers start. I think they will um keep pace with the Red Raiders, but I think it's gonna be a shootout. It's gonna be a type of game that might come down to one or two plays, like I've been talking about, maybe against Pitt. Whereas a drop pick or a, a drop pass for a pick, I'm not I'm not saying it's going to be that, but I'm, I'm going to say it's going to be something where I think Texas somebody's defense is going to have to make a play, and I think it'll be Texas Tech. Maybe they'll get pressure on JT and maybe a scoop and a score, something like that. I can just see something something like that happening late in the game. I'm going to go Texas Tech 45, uh, West Virginia 35. Well, there you have it. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Right. Um, for those who are unaware, game time is set for 3 p.m. I know it was going back and forth, I believe, on the time due to Major League Baseball there. Actually, no, it was going back and forth on channel. So 3 p.m., Fox Sports 1, Texas Tech, six and a half point favorites. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Keep it locked to bluegoldsports.com for all your up-to-the-minute game day information with regards to this game and other West Virginia sports. Uh, real quick, shout out to Joe Missoula, first uh, NBA win last night on opening night for the Boston Celtics. Big time, big time guy doing big time things up there in Boston. We'll get to you with a basketball preview in the upcoming weeks. I think they open their season on November 7th, I think it is, at home against Mount St. Mary. So we'll get you that. We'll get that covered when it is time. Um, until then, we will probably see you back here this weekend um, with a reaction podcast from West Virginia's game. Uh, until then, have a great week. If you made it this far, we do appreciate you listening. And this is the Blue Gold Sports Podcast.